0: Welcome to the Through the Lens of Learning podcast. If we haven't met, hello, I'm your host, Dr. Tracy Schroyer. I'll give you two words that summarize me to a T, lifelong learner. Join me as I share a bit about my own journey of curiosity, learning, and wonder. You'll also get to hear from some phenomenal individuals on what they're curious about learning and what they have to share too. Are you itching with excitement yet? I am, so let's get started. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of Through the Lens of Learning. And today I have guest with me, Dr. Adam Bowman. So, welcome, Adam.
1: Hello, how are you doing?
0: Good. Good. Um, so, Adam, before we start to dig in, I have a couple questions for you. So, if you can just tell the audience a little bit about you, kind of hmm. like Adam in a nutshell.
1: <laughs> oh, gosh. Um, I don't know. Maybe my wife needs to be on here to do that. <laughs> um, so, my name is Dr. Adam Bowman. I am I'm born and raised in Ohio, so I'm in the Ohio area. Um, that's how I've gotten to know Tracy um, through some of our associations and professional associations. Um, I have a doctorate in um, or personal and organizational psychology. So I'm kind of, for lack of a better word, an industrial organizational psychologist, um, practitioner. Um, and so I work with organizations, groups, um, basically learning development, um, and and leadership development. So that's kind of my bread and butter. Um, and, uh, I've been doing that for quite a few years. I just kind of consider myself kind of a, a a organizational practitioner, if you will, Jack of all trades and sorts.
0: (laughs) Jack of all trades is a good
1: description. Yeah. Yeah, sort of. Yeah. That's what I do
0: good um, so yeah you're right Adam uh, Adam and I met through uh, the Central Ohio Association for talent development um, so ATD our national chapter our local chapter here in Central Ohio um, Adam and I attended quite a few different events mm-hmm. and uh, you even lead the leadership development sig or special interest group now so I'm yep. excited to hear more about that and I've been able to pop in on those um, every once in a while yeah um, so, Adam, one other question before we start to dig in is, how do you define learning?
1: Oh, you know, that's a good question. I, I think probably as I've gone through life, it's been a little different. Um, probably when I was a kid, it was learning was terrible. It's something I just had to do. Um, as I got older, it was more it's something I got to do to get a better position. And I think now, as I'm kind of in where I'm at, I think learning is more <clears throat> a couple things. I, I think learning is about changing behavior. A permanent behavior, right? So it's, yes, it's about getting a job and getting a career, but it's really about, to me, it's changing the way I think, the way I perceive the world and how I operate in it. So whether that's to give me more freedom, more opportunity, but it's just to change myself. And um, that's kind of how I view leadership training as well, is I train, I develop, I change, I change people um, for for the better. And, And so that's, that to me is what learning is.
0: So good. I love hearing everybody's perspective and what what they see it is. And it totally does, uh, it can change throughout different things that you're going through and the environments that you're in, Mm -hmm. for sure. Um, So Adam, uh, when you were a young kid, uh, what was it that you thought you wanted to be when you grew up?
1: Oh, gosh, if I can remember back that many years. Um, (laughs) I don't know. I, I mean, I guess I did everything like all other kids did you know, fireman, doctor, all these different things. But time I got out of um, school or high school, I, I probably what I was really into was history. It's probably because that's what I was good at and, and um, I really enjoyed it. Um, so I was going to go to school to do history. I wanted to be a history professor or some sort of doing something with history. Maybe it was in museum curating, um, something in that nature. Um, so that's kind of what I initially went to school for uh, was was history, and, and it might be because I didn't know what else to do at the time. <laughs> <It> just, <laughs> I was good at school; it's what I enjoyed, and my parents were educators, so I kind of even thought about teaching. Um, but I quickly learned I didn't want to deal with kids, um, you know. After I got there and stuff, so I kind of thought, well, you know, history um, is where I did. So I did a I did a bachelor's degree in like um, history, like Near Eastern history. Um, oh. And that's that's what I did, and I was looking to go into like a graduate school, and I talked to a friend that did elder man I knew, and he had done it, and we were um, kind of mentored me a, a little bit, and he he had a like a graduate degree in that, and, and so I talked to him, and then I knew somebody else that had a PhD in it and wasn't working in the field, and they're like, man, it's it's very competitive because these you know um, these types of degrees aren't as valuable and just less and less work. And then I, I got married and I said, well, I got to find something. And so uh, <laughs> yeah. I went into work, right? And I said, well, you know, I was kind of tired of school. And went to work. And um, and then I, I started working and, and and workers' comp of all things, right? Like who oh, goes gosh. to do workers' comp? <laughs> I got into it because I had an aunt that was there. So I started in uh, at Nationwide in Columbus. I was at Ohio State University. I did part-time. So I stuck on there, I got married. So I was like, well, I got to work now, I I got a family. And so, but I said, this isn't what I wanted to do. So I, of all things, I went into um, conflict resolution. I got a degree in conflict resolution. Um, And because that was just another field, I took a class years ago and it was on, it was a peace studies class in psychology. I loved it, but there just wasn't a degree in it at the time or anything. So I thought, well, you know, I found this degree in conflict resolution and that they, you know, could open up things to do a mediation and maybe down to to law school. So I said, you know what, I'm going to do this. And I went to Antioch university, Antioch college here in yellow Springs, Ohio. And I got a master's in that.
0: I didn't even know that was a
1: degree. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. (laughs) And there's actually, it's popped up quite a bit now. So you can get, there's a lot of different types um, of, so there's a few schools that have it now. Uh, Pepperdine, I think, has it. Um, the, um, there's a few others that do. And so that's what I did. So I, I did like mediation work. I worked um, with um, companies. I did like court mediations, uh, you name it, divorce mediations. And, and it's very interesting stuff, as you can imagine. Um, you know, No one likes conflict, but people like other people's conflict. So that, <laughs> that is <comes> true. <laughs> it's not mine. I'll just sit here and listen. <laughs> try to figure it out. So then I went into that, and then I, I what I found is I was getting pulled into like employer conflicts and mediations between like employee employer, and I just started having people asking me questions about it. And then I had a couple partners, and we just went to like all the HR groups in Ohio and just went out and just kind of pushed our did like those you know your for your CEUs right where we give them like mm. things, conflict management mediation and um, for HR. And it just seems like that's where I fell in love with training and development because yeah. I was getting in front of these groups and I was doing this work and my parents were teachers. I had this background of teaching and, and I, and I just felt like this is where I need to be. So then I kind of was still working my other job in insurance and I just transitioned from there into training and development. And I just had a lot of people asking me questions about not just mediation, but employer problems and organizational development. And I thought, yeah, I'm not really qualified. I'm just, a, I just know conflict, <laughs> and so at that point I made decisions, you know what? I need to start kind of getting myself pulled more into um, organizational development with a developing people. And because conflict is one of those competencies for leadership. And, and that really is what kind of pulled me in just because that's what people kind of was asking me questions for. And that's, it just kind of drawed me into that. And that's probably how my education started is I didn't know if you asked me 20 years ago, if I would be here, I'd say, no, there's no way i do not like psychology.
0: It, <laughs> the dots did not connect at all. <laughs> yeah.
1: But it's just the paths are always sometimes twisty and windy and yep. just keeping my eyes and ears open to what is presented to me and then trying out and then there's things I tried, it didn't work and it just just led this way. And that to me is how I got to where I was. Um, And so I went to school and said, well, I could go back and do another master's. I looked at a couple of master's programs, but I said, you know what? I've always wanted to do a doctorate. Um, I had kids and a wife at this time. And so this is probably, I don't know, 20 years out from college. And so I said, I'm going to do ai uh, am going to go ahead and do the doctor. If I'm going to do it, I'm going to do it all the way. And, um, that's how I got into it. Right. I found a program that worked for me and my lifestyle and what I did, mm-hmm. but I wanted to do, I, I knew I didn't want to do research. I knew I didn't want to go work at a university full-time, although I, I do teach, <laughs> uh, I guess that we all do at some point, but, um, uh, but I wanted to do practice. I wanted to do what I was doing in practicing. So I got a doctorate instead of a PhD and mine's more practice oriented. Mm -hmm. Um, It's kind of a hybrid between um, uh, a PhD and practitioner. So I kind of play in both fields. I did a dissertation just like a PhD did and all that. But at the end of the day, it was about focusing on applied practice. And that's what I do. So I consider myself more of a scholar practitioner. Mm And, um, and I practice and um, it's been great ever since. So that's, I don't know. You asked me one question. I got all
0: <laughs> See, kind
1: of. Yeah, so I hope it, it's where you wanted to go ultimately or I didn't just throw you all off. No, no, that's great. But so, I, oh, oh, go ahead. But I think that's important to understand is what most people, so like I had a brother who was a doctor, an oncologist, and he knew from high school, he wanted to be a medical doctor and and, and his path from high school. I mean, he got scholarships that paid his whole way through med school, like very un- wow. you know, unusual. So most people think that's what your education and career path is. You come out of high school, I should already know what I'm gonna do and it should all be there. And I just follow what, what they tell me and then I become what I am. And that's just so rare. I right. Think. most people, right. Think it's more about probably what you did, Tracy. I know your story, mine a little bit. Is just you. You just kind of go through and you feel, and yep. life takes you in this educational journey. And I think that's more. That's probably more of everyone's experience than what my brother had, which is what everybody thinks is the way it is, and it's just not.
0: Yeah, yeah, that's cool if you can go that route, and that yeah, that's right. the right route for you. Yeah, but yeah, the more and more I hear, and the more and more I connect, it's with people who have those. It's almost like an uncertain trust too. It's, yeah. It's a scare. It's scary as hell. it is. (laughs) Because you don't know what, you know, that that next thing looks like. And there's not really an end. It's an ongoing journey. Mm -hmm. Um, So when you were looking at uh, different programs to do um, for the doctorate,
1: Mm -hmm.
0: what were things that were important to you? I know you said you had a family at that point. What were things that you were trying to find in that?
1: Yeah. So I, so when I talk to people that are looking to get doctorates, I, I always say, be real clear. Right. And and some people may think I talk them out of it and it's not, they don't talk you out, but I just know there's people that just say, I don't know what to do. So I'm just going to go and do a doctorate. Cause that's just the next thing to do. Uh, and I kind of did that with my masters. I was out of school and I was like, man, this isn't working for me. Um, how to, you know, the only thing I knew was to go back to school, <laughs> and and so I did. And and if I would have maybe gone back and told my younger self, I would say that's great, but be a little more focused in terms of what plan or goal you want. I just said, well, this is great. I wasn't the best student. Um, you know, I I paid my whole way through. I, my parents didn't really have a, much to help me with. I was the oldest of six kids, um, so you know, it's like eighteen. You're like great gone because your brother needs the room, you know? <laughs> so, and, and not to say my parents were, you know, not good parents. They were really good parents. They were mm-hmm. teachers and educators, but it was just one of those things that was just, you know, I just had to make my way and, and that's fine. It, it worked. It it was great. And um, so I just kind of was like, what do I do? And my parents were educators and teachers. So all I knew was education. So I just jumped in and in some ways it was kind of maybe I was delaying my making decisions mm. and so i always tell people if you're looking to do a doctorate it's great but be clear about it know know what it is you want to do and if it's just to go to because i have nothing else to do or no prospects you might want to think again or at least come up with a plan so what i did is i went to my wife i said look if i do this it's got i i'm doing the plan this time mm-hmm. uh, and i looked at my needs i had two kids well, one kid at the time. Um, I was married and I, so I had bills, they had to be flexible. Yeah. So um, I, that was the thing, it had to be flexible. So I looked online, um, most, I found a program that was very flexible. Um, I went to Borough University, which is a Jewish um, university. And um, they got bricks and mortar, mortar um, law schools, medical schools, but this was a new program. They were putting their psychology on there um, to do online, and uh, they had a good reputation. Um, so that was another thing that was good for me. And it was just they worked with adults. And that's that's oh, just all I can say. Is it's huge. Every, yeah, every class was the same. It had this, in the same ending, the same frame. I could I could set my schedule to the same thing every quarter, so I knew Tuesday nights was school night. Monday nights was school night. Paper writing was, was Thursday or Friday, right? And I okay. had two papers a term, so I could just build up and I just keep that schedule. So consistency works around my schedule, what I do, um, how I do it, and it was a plan. Because I at the end of the plan, I wanted to be a practitioner. And this program was was going to get me there. It taught me how to think and how to do research And how to put it in practice more than it did, let's say, topics like subject matter or something, emotional intelligence or whatever psychology has to offer.
0: Right, right. So when you finished your program Mm -hmm. and you're still in the workforce, right, Mm -hmm. what did you end up doing from there? Because I know I could tell you from finishing mine, I thought the next day I'd get like, the door would be knocked down with opportunities and that is totally not what happens.
1: Happen, you yeah. have
0: to really seek out what is the next thing. So what did you really do after you're done with your program and the next thing yeah, you moved into? A great question,
1: because you're right. I mean, cause those recruiters will tell you at school, oh, you'll have every opportunity knocking you down your door. <laughs> and, and tell us that you do, but it's not, yeah. So, so I was in this program And I was learning to do, and I learned development. So I had already got myself in the field. And um, I had been with Sedge who I currently employed with. And they do workers' comp TPA for Fortune 100 companies. And um, I had gotten into the train development. So I was doing onboarding. Um, You know, I was just, I was giving my, I don't know, I guess, what's the word? Just giving my chops in training. Mm -hmm. And so I... Even though I did training and stuff before, I just really did my chops. So it was onboarding systems and getting people in their jobs. And I kid you not, I probably did my first two, three years. I mean, I was, I was training back to back to back to back, six week classes, six weeks classes, you know, 40 hours a week. And I was doing 2,500 hours of training a, a year. I mean, it's crazy, if you're a trainer, you know. And, and so as I was doing this degree, I started to make some space for me there. And just said to my manager, who was just so good, and uh, and you know, say, hey, w- why don't I do some stuff for the managers? Let me just do some training for leadership. I'm taking this degree, and and they're like, yeah, you know, sure, try a few, a few of them. So then I got in front of some senior vice presidents at one of their 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 retreats and did something, and I did really well. I did on conflict of all things, right? <laughs> and, and so I did really well. And then once I graduated, because they knew they created a position to say, we want you to take over our leadership development. Wow! And it was a whole new thing. And I was just fortunate because the senior vice presidents and they saw the, the need for this mm-hmm. and they made a space. And so they paid me a better salary. And I, I've been doing that full time since I've been out. So I developed a program and I'm, I'm doing it in the company. And so that's a good point. I started creating my opportunities while I was in school. And I just, almost like an entrepreneur, I just started you know, peddling my services to whoever it was, whether it was free or, or doing or going to like SHRM meetings or ATD meetings and saying, hey, let me present, let me do my thing, let me make connections. Yeah. And so I did that and I've been doing that since, but I also started doing some consulting work on the side. Um, and that's just been through connections and meeting people and um, shaking some bushes here and there and <laughs> yeah. But the point is, is it didn't fall off a tree, I guess, for me, right? Right,
0: right. Yeah. That smack you in the face. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I like that too because I even I, I think I I feel like I learned it a little bit later in the game. But mm-hmm. yeah, being too. willing to pilot experiment, can I try this like with your organization? And when. You open that door to, can I try it versus, Hey, I want to do this. And, you know, leadership feeling like it's permanent. yeah They're more willing to allow that and see where it goes from there. And in your case, and in many other cases I've heard, it works out really positively. You're passionate about it. You're invested in it mm-hmm. and
1: look, it turned into a whole role for you. So that's huge. Yeah. And the thing is, Tracy, if it didn't, I have it on my resume, Right. right. So right. more than having a degree, but I got the on resume. I can say, look, I did this. Yeah. Um, so it, they just didn't have a spot. I'm ready to move on. I'm ready to get into my own program or help somebody's develop a program. So I've done it. And so if anything, it's a win-win, even if they don't, it doesn't turn out anything for you, you got, you got some resume experience to go along with that degree. Yes. And, and that's important too.
0: Yeah. yeah, and so many people I know even ask when they're putting together like a portfolio if they need mm-hmm. to, like, how do I get experience if nobody's going to get give, give me a job? And so, there are so many ways you can get experience without having an actual job yeah. in that area of focus. So those kinds yeah. of
1: things. Yeah, I did that. I just, I went to these organizations and you know, Tracy, because you've been in them. They did their, they would, if I had someone come to me say, hey, can I present your leadership? If it was a leadership, I'd say, absolutely. Because I don't have to do it next month. Or I, you know, I'm always looking for people. So anybody out there that's looking, you know, let me know. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Cause that's what we do. And mm-hmm. most people are looking and you can go out to like LinkedIn and catch fire. And, and there's volunteer opportunities to do coaching or to work, whatever your field is. You'll find people who will, who will take your services for free to build your resume.
0: Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh,
1: yeah. It's, they're out there. You just have to sometimes be a little creative.
0: Right. Right. Yeah, and there was one instance, I think it was earlier this year, you had, I think it was this year, you had presented to the leadership development special interest group Mm -hmm. for um, our Central Ohio ATD, and you talked about the analogy of Is it the sailboat sailboat. and leadership development? Mm -hmm. And I was taking pictures of the screen. You even sent us afterwards what that was, and I made a note. I'm like, I need to have Adam come talk either, you know, later when I have this podcast, or you know, something else for an organization to talk about this analogy because it was so deep and it was so rich and it was so true. Mm -hmm. And so even just you speaking to that small group, there's a lot of opportunities that could
1: come out of that. Absolutely, yeah. I've I've done that a couple. Time since then because it, it, yeah. it is it's a good analogy and i mean it wasn't mine it's just something that i had right. from a source that i i pay for for content yep. and um and i've used it a few times and kind of tweaked it on my own but yeah it, it's you anybody i mean you can do it and right it just takes that yeah a little it does take a little hustle i'm not going to say it wasn't <laughs> but yeah but um but those opportunities are there and that's how you start to slowly build and you'll you'll just build momentum and you know and, and i trust me i'm the same way it doesn't build fast enough for me but as i would <laughs> like but it's just it's just keeping that pace and just knowing it's more of a marathon and yeah. and, it, and start it while you're in your your class whether you're in a master's a bachelor's or whatever just start now so that when you get out the network's built or at least partially built yeah. um, so i had a i have a brother-in-law that did this he was in law school and what he did for a whole year, I kid you not, is he interviewed people in the particular job and he wanted to do something very unique. It was, um, he wanted to work at Metro, public transportation in Washington, DC. Wow. <laughs> so he, for a year, he just found people on LinkedIn and he would interview them and then talk about their job. How do you get into it? How did you get into it? And he had always stopped, finished with the last question, which was, who should I talk to next? <laughs> and he did 52 interviews i kid you not he did a lot of them Wow. and then about a year after it's done the director which he had gotten contact with of the dc metro called and offered him a job they created a position for him in the exact area he wanted to do <laughs> right so he graduated and maybe worked a year out doing law he didn't really care for and he got in a position and that's what he did. He goes, I didn't really interview. I just asked people. I started down a LinkedIn, <laughs> yeah. introduced myself and I talked to everyone once a week. Now you don't, may not have to do that many, but it built a network for him. And then right. like, we need this position. I remembered talking to you and I remembered my friends talking to you and you, you this <laughs> is what you want to do. And um, he got a, a six figure job offer from it. It's wow. pretty cool
0: right? Yeah. So many people wait until there's a job out there. Mm -hmm. They can go and say, okay, who's connected to this? And that's, you don't know when there's going to be a job that's for you. You don't know that maybe there isn't a specific job for you and it has to be created. Mm -hmm. It's laying that foundation early and not being afraid to put yourself out there, which I can tell you so many of my younger years, even in my graduate, my early graduate program, I was so shy and I did not want to put myself out there. So even being part of central Ohio ATD has been really helpful for me because it puts me into rooms with people who are willing to talk and share. And most people, almost everybody doesn't, they're okay with sharing their story with sharing where they work or what they're doing, what they're passionate about. So it's asking the questions and it's not even having to, say a whole lot about yourself, like just get curious with other people. And I love to hear that story. Um, Just being curious and asking those questions. And And it's
1: true. And the thing is, Tracy, if someone rejects you, then that's not the person you need to talk to anyway. They did you a favor. Look, people who are high performance, people who are, who are good at what they do, um, they're connectors and they help people because that's what they know what it takes to get there. And, and if they're in that kind of, if they're givers and they're in that position, they're going to help out. If they say no, then they're not the person you want because they're probably not in a position to even help you anyway. Yeah. So if anything, it, still it just hangs a little, <laughs> but yeah, you can say, okay, that one, I know I don't, I'll move on to the next. He probably, yeah. he, he was probably not the person I needed to talk to anyway, because if right. they're not, they're not going to help me, then they, they probably don't have a big network or they've never been through that process themselves. So right. yeah, that's what I tell people. Don't worry, they weren't the person that was right for you. Right. So, yeah. I know that takes a little faith especially yes. when especially start to kind of say no, but
0: Right. So, Adam, now that you're done with school, you're in the workforce. You're doing a lot of great things in the role that you have and mm-hmm. outside of the company. What are some things you do as far as like um, and maybe an informal education, building your skill set, learning. What are some things that you're you're getting into with
1: that. Yeah. So I do a lot. Um, I don't know. It just becomes a lifestyle of learning (laughs) and Tracy, you know that. Yeah. I mean, I was a poor student and here I am now, if you would have told me in high school or I mean, I wasn't terrible, but I wasn't the best either. I I probably like you're, you're kidding me. I'm not going to (laughs) do 30 years later. You're still going to be in school or doing these things, but I do. So right now, actually I, I jumped into a program, I'm in a certificate program at Huntington University for um, for coaching, like leadership coaching. Awesome. So it's something that I already did and I did a lot, but I'm just starting to see now that they're looking for a lot and when I look in the, the field, I'm starting to see they want, um, I guess, certified coaches and, and what that means and it's still like, who knows? Because you no- know, It
0: could mean different things to everybody. Yeah, yeah. right, because
1: there's no like, there's no like license in the state like a psychologist. Well, that means you do A, B, C, and D. Anybody can call themselves a coach, but I'm starting to see now a lot of organizations are like, well, IFC, International Coaching Federation, the BCCI, um, does a credential. We're gonna start putting our faith in them. We'll just start saying uh, your IFC certified, you know, certificate or credential. And so what I'm doing is, is trying to work towards that, right? Um, because what it will do is, one, it builds more confidence in me um, as a coach. Because I've been coaching, but now I'm like, ah, oh, I've been doing this. I guess I am pretty decent at this, right? <laughs> I'm not sending people, screwing people up for the rest of their lives. So, so it, it builds confidence, and I've learned developing skills. And, and I'm, and I'm going to have a certification potential when I'm done. Awesome. And honestly... It's also taught me about myself. I mean, if anything, it's just skills that I use in life, how to talk to people, how to listen, how to ask good questions and how to be curious, um, how to have empathy and relate. So um, again, it was a very strategic plan. I've been putting it off for quite a while because I'm just like, the doctorate's done. I'm not ready to get back in. So that's what I do. Um, Other things that I do, um, I do a lot of reading. I mean, I I just, I read a lot. Um, I watch, I do a lot of podcasts. um, On my downtime, when I walk, um, those types of things of informal uh, reading. And I also, I talk to people like you (laughs) who who just know so much about other things and Mm -hmm. different perspectives. You join ATD, you join SHRM or whatever professional group. And you attend those meetings and you just learn. Um, So it doesn't have to be a test all the time. It's just you learn.
0: Yeah, yeah, definitely,
1: Mm
0: -hmm. love that. Um, So Adam, before we wrap up, anything, I feel like this has gone so quickly. (laughs) Anything else you wanna share before we start to wrap up?
1: No, I mean, I think you hit it, everything. You did such a good job, Tracy. Um, I just asked a couple questions. (laughs) you're doing so good with the show. I've been watching. It's great. Uh, But uh, I just, I mean, I just think it's just stay curious. I had um, one of our, my deans at my doctorate school. He said, the one thing you need to do with your doctorate is to stay curious, just stay curious um, and just look for opportunities and stay curious about things. And I think that that leads to learning, right? It doesn't mean it has to be a degree or anything. It's just staying curious and and that helps you to consider different possibilities. And I always like to say, I like, the, I like to assume that I'm wrong because I probably am most of the time. And <laughs> it, it just lets me to stay open to other possibilities because there's some things I want to be wrong about because it, it means something's better than how I see it. <laughs> Staying open to that being wrong um, and not, not in a sense of losing my confidence, but just knowing that maybe there's another way of seeing things. And um, yeah. that just opens, I don't know, opens a lot for me to, in terms of learning and staying humble. Yeah, there's Always more to learn. There's always another perspective. Mm-hmm. We just we see the world the whole way. We don't even see the world the way it really is. We see it the way our brain makes it. Mm-hmm. So keep that in mind and, and always looking to expand that that world a little bit.
0: Yeah. Definitely. Mm -hmm. Love that. So, Adam, if somebody wants to connect with you or follow you on your journey and what you're doing now, what you're doing next, how would you recommend that they do that?
1: Yeah, absolutely. I always have something going on. Um, You can follow me at LinkedIn. So, linkedin.com slash I-N slash Adam D, as in Dalton, my middle name, Bowman, Adam D. Bowman. Um, you can find me there. Um, if you ever want to talk or just connect, I'm always open to that helping anybody out. Um, I do coaching on the sides and so whatever. I mean you don't just just reach out to me. I'd be glad to talk to anybody. so I'm pretty pretty good about that. so
0: yes, and especially when it comes to conflict
1: resolution, yeah. and leadership
0: development,
1: yeah, that stuff or just in general, right? in general yes. School I mean I, I, I yes I teach at a few places or just anything. Um, I can help you with, I'd be glad. And if I can I'll find somebody, I'll point you in a direction to somebody who yes. may help you as well. Yes. So,
0: love that. Love yeah. that. Thank you so much yeah, for coming on and being a guest on yeah, this episode. Um, definitely uh, we have some things in the future that maybe we're going to talk about and think mm-hmm. about how we can
1: partner together yeah, even more. it will be great. So I love this. I love what you're doing. I know you're, 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 you're helping people that, you know, you're changing lives. So what, what better thing to do? Right. Awesome. Awesome.
0: Well, thank you, Adam. And uh, we'll go ahead and wrap up this episode. Thank you everyone for listening and we'll see you on the next one. Bye everyone. This podcast is brought to you by Upskill University. You can find more information about how to become part of the Upskill community for free. This and other episodes of the Through the Lens of Learning podcast and more on the website at www.upskilluniversity.com. Thanks again for listening and have an awesome day.